the ladder now. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. TC and Jake. What's up, Banter Davidians? It's me, TC, here with Jake to talk about the big news. SpaceX. <laughs> Man, Elon's got to feel pretty bad <laughs> for getting cucked so hard, right? Dude, I, I have to think he's just sitting around his, his uh, I guess he lives in a hut now. Uh, he's divesting himself of worldly possessions, except for rockets. Um, and <laughs> he's just sitting in his hut, just fucking fuming. <laughs> I did watch, like, the, uh, you know, the immediate before takeoff. And, uh, you know, just, like, just the whole thing is so... It's just so fucking weird. Like, it's it's difficult to process. <laughs> like, because uh, I think today... The uh, the astronauts who are orbiting or whatever, where uh, they they rang the opening bell for the New York Stock Exchange, and I'm sure whenever they lined that up, they were like, "This is going to be big news. No one's going to be mocking it. It's not going <laughs> to feel weird." All and, eyes on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and someone tweeted it, and someone was immediately just like, "I can't handle this dissonance," <laughs> and uh, I agree. I also can't handle it. You think uh, Lance Bass is fuming somewhere too? Uh, what was what's what's up with him? Well, I just I remember like ten, maybe more than ten years ago, he was the first person who was yeah. Like, he's supposed to go up there, right? He was like, I'll pay anything. I will pay anything. I want to be the first person. Now I realize this is not a commercial flight. And these yeah, are real so I think astronauts, he's still still probably on the list. You think he's still probably on the list? Okay, but you know, in the same way that. Uh, if you're Dak Prescott, like signing a $40 million deal right now, you, <laughs> you're going to look like an asshole no matter how right you are. Um, as I'm talking through this, I was going to say, if you paid like $20 or do you want to do it now because it's pushed off the headlines so much? And also, like, you're going to get a whole bunch of people that were like, if I had $20 million, I'd be leaving too. <laughs> yeah. Like a whole bunch of people, yeah, you might not even get any headlines, but second, if you do, yeah, you might just have general support from people that are like, look, I can't think of anything. Like, everyone's answer for what would you do if you won the Powerball is about to change. It's just going to change to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, nah, I don't want to leave. I love Earth. Do you? Um... You know, I mean, they've even got me thinking about... You've, you've made some good points. I'd like to reverse my stance. What's going on? What, what can we do up there? Hey, uh... I don't want to go to the moon. I just... <laughs> I'd like to go to hell. <laughs> well, be patient. Hell is other people, Jake. <laughs> um, tell me if you think this is a good or a bad thing. And really, it probably just exposes that, um, you know, a lot of people stopped updating their, like, political references 15 20 years ago mm -hmm. so when i logged on um to the internet a minute ago or i guess to twitter which is just the de facto internet now uh a trending topic is blackwater uh -huh. now 
when I clicked on that, do you think that Blackwater is trending because Pirates uh, of because the the man who was thought to be the youngest Australian to die of COVID nineteen actually returned a negative test, and their premier had to apologize, and that now we're learning Black uh, Blackwater is a place in Queensland. Or is it because most of America doesn't know that Blackwater has changed its name a couple times, and that's what they're calling the people on the streets of D.C. now? Come on. Um. Yeah, but like, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. It's XC or G or Academy or Academy or whatever, but they haven't been Blackwater in a long time. Update your Rolodex. If we're no, gonna... no, 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 no. Don't, don't let them, like, they changed their name to kind of like try and like move off it. I, I, I don't give a shit about their fucking corporate policy of rebranding. I don't have to respect that. Blackwater Ooh, gets across the though. point that I want to get across. What, that they hung all those people's bodies from that bridge? and Yes. I guess it might have actually... Maybe it was their bodies who got hung there after they, uh, you know, massacred all those people in Iraq. But in any case... I the only reason I hate the rebrand is just because Blackwater is such a badass name. Yeah, well, I mean, like you know, it, it evokes what we're attempting to evoke whenever we're talking about fucking secret police on the streets of the capital. And you know, that's one of those deals where, much like uh, Elon, is is just he's thinking, "God damn it!" Right now, um, you got to know that Eric Prince is like that. They had to take that name out of his cold fucking hands. Sure, sure. Like, sure. he's like, this is so good, though. It is. Yeah, the four contractors are the one who were, they were drugged from their vehicles, and their bodies were burned and then hung from a bridge uh, over the Euphrates. But, um, well, you know, you, know, you don't want to do that. You might want to look that. into what happened right before that. You don't want to do that, but if you are, if you have to. Yeah, that was a tough one, man. But, yeah, there's some people on the streets of D.C. right now, the safest place in America last night, where... Uh, where the, the, they clearly look like paramilitary like contractors. They don't. They don't look like. Dang, I don't know how you know the difference, but these dudes don't look like regular troops. Yeah, and uh, someone asked them, like a journalist asked them, "What are you from?" They were like Department of Justice, which like that's pretty much a law firm. <laughs> like they don't have <laughs> cops right. any more bunch than bunch like another law firm. Paper pushers. Yeah. So, anyways, what's been going on? Oh, nothing much. Anything? Um, we, I, I want to tell you the, the original take that I have. If you hear anyone else saying this, must credit me. Is uh, there's a lot of strife in the country right now, and like it's it seems quaint to think back on the uh, strife of like a week and a half ago, but uh, I more formulated this idea that I'm about to give you free of charge uh, back then. But I think it still kind of works now. The problem is is that now in your normal situation where you're going to run into conflict with someone, the cops are absolutely looking for like any tiny thing. In normal circumstances, they have like a bar that you have to clear. And if you're under the bar, they're like, man, who gives a shit? Like you guys figure that out yourselves. And that's what I've been thinking about. Because I was thinking about, uh, you know, I was watching uh, journalists cover the uh, anti-lockdown protests and people were chanting at him to take, take, take off his mask. And none of them were wearing masks. And I was thinking about, like, if someone grabbed at my mask, like, what would I do? You know, like, because if you, like, fucking shoot them, then you're going to jail forever. You know, it's bad. You don't like that. So what's the worst thing I could do to them that I am fairly confident 
would wreck their day but not result in charges for me. And the idea I came up with, and I would I would apply this selectively at protests. Be safe. First goal is be safe. <laughs> oh no! But but if you find a place to work this in, I do think it's pretty effective. Uh, I'm just going to start carrying around a bottle of mustard. If anyone <laughs> says anything I don't like, I'm fucking hosing them down with the mustard. <laughs> and just, could you imagine the fucking eye roll that you would get in normal circumstances if you like went to the law enforcement and was like, he just put mustard on me. They don't give a shit. Are you, but you're going to you, be uh, mad. You, you're gonna have, I got to go home and change. I've got mustard all over me. Yeah, easily the most objectionable condiment. Yeah. It probably burns a little bit too, but... I don't know. I think you're counting on everyone who is against you at the uh, at a gathering just to basically have the sentiments of rake yawn. <laughs> what? Do you don't he... remember those sketches <laughs> the, 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 about the guy that didn't like mustard? Rake yawn was the guy with like crazy long hair. Um, he was just insane looking, and I think he might have been one of the dude's older brothers. But if you go to his Wikipedia page, it says. He is the older brother of Art Webb, an occasional CKY crew member. He is known for his long okay. hair, love for metal, and strong dislike of mustard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there's a character based on that. Everything I know of CKY is just the things that you've literally shown me when we were in the same room. So if, if you haven't shown it to me, just you know, trust that I haven't seen it. And maybe that'll change. Everything you've shown me is fucking amazing. I probably should make some time and just watch all the videos but uh i haven't done so yet and i probably won't do it tonight well that's a failure on my part because uh i think it's a top <laughs> it's look it's just basically a guy when he 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 fucking hates mustard and when he's asleep in the van or when he's asleep in a hotel room probably a dozen times they just cover his entire face in mustard and he freaks oh, the fuck out no. i would oh god i, mean, I would freaks, i don't like it freaks out type shit yeah like, he reacts yeah. the same way to the mustard as bam does to the poop <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah no the the main thing you you show me from that is just the uh the, yeah, the guy diarrhea on the uh the <laughs> restaurant window <laughs> Just pull down your pants. <laughs> a nice at a, little at old a, couple sitting there cafe. eating a sandwich. And just take a big shit and watch it stream down the <laughs> See, those are the good old days, man. That's that's good clean fun. <laughs> I mean literally not, but yeah, yeah. So this is the week um where I learned about the term the cool zone. I missed that one. Cool zone? Yeah. I think I've heard that, but I don't. I don't know what it means. I, I don't. Uh, I, I can't recall. Is I think Sean Moorhead might be a uh, a Bernie. Um, I don't know uh, staffer. Okay, I'm not sure. I think I've heard that name. Uh, but he posted back on April 8th. This now has uh, over thirty thousand likes. If unemployment exceeds thirty thirty percent. And distrust of the political process becomes widespread. There is a danger that the United St States will enter what historians call the cool zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really think he followed up to explain that. I know that. <laughs> I don't need an explanation. I know that Chrisman has uh, and kind of ran with this, but. Basically, it as an unemployed person who doesn't like police, who doesn't trust, you know, whatever, I, I, I totally get it. 
Okay, well, that's part of it. But also, uh, this is something I was trying to, to describe over the last few days, but really last night, which I want to talk about a lot more because I feel flat out blessed that I was in front of my television for the 30 minutes before and after uh, Trump's speech. But this article describes it basically as... The cool zone is defined by people as a period in history that's super cool to read about, but much less cool to live through. <laughs> oh, okay. This writer says, looking back on what parts of history I like to read about, this makes sense. Reading about the long protracted war in Vietnam is fascinating, for instance, but I do not wish to live through any part of the Vietnam War. Well, nor do uh, I wish to live in Vichy, France. Or be part of the original Black Panthers movement, or to wage a revolution against the King of France, etc. Uh, or to be tossed in jail for a counter sit-in like my father-in-law was in Selma. All of these things are things that curious people who either enjoy history or enjoy reading about societies and, and how things develop and build and fall, it is interesting to read about. Less interesting to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean I, a I, lot I don't, less. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I would, I would give a lot for a, a pause button, you know, just... You can't pause the cool zone. You know, it's it's like a thing. We're like, at least hypoth. Like, if I could just reasonably imagine that, like, you know, if I really like put my nose to the grindstone, maybe I could just take a vacation for all this in some reasonable period of time. Like the space, you can't go on planes, and no one, no one's paying anyone to do anything, and uh, it's just really bad all around. Everywhere you turn, it's really, really bad. But someday, some asshole will read about it and be like, this is kind of fucking cool. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Fuck, I probably will, you know? Yeah, it might even be our kids. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fuck kids. I'm, I'm just going to go and crack open the wicked. I mean, you know how much we do this with, like, this is obviously, like, like this is what they're referring to. This is the most interesting period we've lived through, no doubt. And, like... You know how much nostalgizing, like how many times we just like read the Wikipedia page of like things that Bush did that we lived through. I'm going to read about this constantly. <laughs> mm, those in hindsight, yes, bad faith political actors that wrecked a bunch of shit for a lot of people who are not me. I'm betting there are not just a ton of Vietnam vets that wake up, make their coffee and they're like, ah. Let's check out a new element of the v- Vietnam War Wikipedia well, I'm not page. In today. war, no one's fucking shooting at me. No, but I'm not it's like a living more, in a tent. It's a lot more visceral than it is to say, like, boy, uh, the Iraq War. That seems like it was a bad idea. That Good was question. Like way um, over there. Do did the Vietnam soldiers, by and large, live in tents? What, like in combat or like in Skid Row whenever they now are homeless? No, I mean, like if you're deployed to Vietnam, most likely you are living in a blank. Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. Because I was imagining there that, that I, was, I was just assuming I was in a tent, but I didn't know if that's just movies and like actually they had, you know, some building that they took over from the people who actually lived there and built it. I mean... You know, a significant number of troops deployed in any combat zone, and I would bet this is no different than than it was in Vietnam. Is that you're way far removed in in the back, and you're not 
you know, you're living in like a makeshift base almost. Yeah, but just th- that base, when you say makeshift, it's like makeshift buildings or like tents. I'm going to say makeshift building that might be thatched at the top by like a tent would be, but it's not like three guys to a building. It's more like 30, okay. which might suck more. Yeah, you yeah, know, no, but it's like I've, a makeshift I've, uh, barrack. I've I've lived years yeah. of my life in a room with twenty other people. Every time I, I slept, to, and it uh, I don't have to tell it's you, terrible. Yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. Your chances of uh, someone snoring are one hundred. In case you're wondering, Jesus Christ, man, I'm so glad. Like, do you, and I don't want to. I don't know about your situation. And your chances there, so. of someone masturbating in their bed are not one hundred, but not zero. Well, you were there. Nah, I'd go to the. I, I masturbated in the uh, the shower ninety nine percent of the time. Down onto a fucking public drain that where everyone walked. I mean, what's the other option? You you find me one, or or maybe you just want to go with. I'm not going to masturbate for four years, like we fucking believe that. No, no, certainly not. You can do been it in the, about... in the bedroom where, where a bunch of people are. Every time you go to the bathroom, someone has to go with. So you're going to do it with someone standing like a stall door away from you. Can't you get a little honor among thieves? Can, and, can I get a little what? You know, like, hey, bro, just watch the door for 45 seconds for me, and then I'll change out Absolutely for you. Absolutely fucking not. Did that happen ever? Like, were there two people who were cool enough about it? Maybe, but, like, by and large, people, like, it was just stunning to me, because I was like, we know we're all doing this, right? Like, like we all understand that we're all not going to go four years without jerking off. Like, but but it was you know it was it was uh, it was fucking McCarthyism you know it was fucking he's jerking it he's jerking it you know like Ugh. people just were not cool about it and like there was guys whose lives got fucking ruined because they got like the tag of like he's the guy that jerks it a lot like and and the fucking staff would find out and like would just fucking humiliate them in front of everyone about like hey you can't fucking stop touching your dick did you hear Davies or uh, Dan's story for Davies prom show the other night. I did not. Please share. Uh, it was that he knew a guy named Steve Krychek, and uh, at their prom, he was Alex's dancing. dad. With, no, he was dancing with his date, and he uh, he 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 preemie cummied. Oh no! From dancing. <laughs> from dancing. And I, and I I was like, why why do you know this? Like I easily could have just gone to the bathroom and gotten away with that. And he's like, well, he took it really hard and was like motherfucking himself outside. <laughs> and uh, he forever became known as Steve Creamcheck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See? See what I mean? That's what you get if you <laughs> one time be like, hey, do you mind just standing over there? I'm just going <laughs> to knock one out real quick. That's the consequences. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I don't want to name names. And I don't even want to get too specific about, you know, just out of respect. But within the last, let's just say year to be safe, within the last year, one of your friends has uh, has claimed to me <laughs> that uh, he was just he was just a little too hopped up on um, excitable drugs and uh, didn't even touch anything and just just shot just sitting there thinking about how sexy the fuck thoughts do I not know this story? Just shot you were sitting next to me you just weren't paying attention when he was saying. Damn, I mean, I have a short list. Yeah, no. But I'm not. <laughs> Tell you off there. I mean, it's not like it matters to the listener. They don't have like a list yeah, of your friends, but I just, true. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick to them. Well, okay. 
I have a million different things here. A lot yeah. of them are small notes. Uh, I don't know where you want to start. Uh, I wanted you to know about the cool zone because it perfectly describes my reaction to last night. Did you happen to be watching uh, cable news at the moment that that shit went down? So I tuned in after you did, but I tuned in uh, before Trump left the White House. So when I saw, hey, they're, when I saw on Twitter, like, they're starting to clear some shit, then I was like, oh, shit, I would like to see that. And I started watching CNN then. Okay, because you barely missed. And I only turned it on because I just saw on Twitter, like, oh, he's going to talk. And I'm like, this is what I want to see live because this is going to be fucking wild. And it was probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes before, and there were, you know, the line of protesters pretty far away from the line of, it said, did it say military police on their shields, I think? Uh, Yeah, and I believe park police were also involved. Park police involved, yeah. And it felt very much like the, uh, well, you're not going to get this reference, but in the, there's a, a battle scene in Game of Thrones that is extremely creepy where like people are surrounded. Oh, the Battle of the Bastards? I don't, yeah, it is the Battle of Bastards. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a big one, yeah. Where there's like the stop, step forward. And then everyone in the middle is like, what the fuck are they doing? And then, because they don't all come at once, and then just stop, step forward. That was like almost as crazy as the Red Wedding. Okay, but that is what it looked like last night, because they didn't all just like run at once. It was just like a very ominous, slow, like, hey, we're coming. And they all kind of got down on a knee, put on their masks, and then it was fucking, then it was the the go time. And it was the most insane thing I've ever seen on television. And then they immediately cut to the president speaking and they side by side him speaking about uh, his respect for peaceful protest while people are just getting the shit kicked out of him outside of the building he's in right now unbelievable to yeah, see Yeah, like if they didn't dude. have walls, he would be able to see them clubbing peaceful protesters as he's saying, <laughs> you know, we just respect peaceful protesters. I could not believe what I was watching. And I'm sure that there were some people there that threw some shit, but I saw that with my own eyes. That was not an inflamed uh, situation before those dudes went at it. Like, I think some of these obviously have been where people are two inches away from you. They start chucking rocks and shit and the cops are, this is so far away from that. And regardless of whether you fall, where you fall on that, the, the, the previous situation with possible instigation, this was not that. And it happened. People keep talking about the photo op as a made for TV moment. I think that the speech concurrently happening with the, suppression that he knew how that was going to be shown on cable television and side by sides. I think that was the way more made for TV moment. And it felt like it was directed by fucking Michael Bay. Yeah. No, whenever you see all his comments about, you know, show force, man, uh, Pompeo was, was really wanting to highlight the anniversary of Tiananmen square. Like that's what's going to be on the top of mind for everyone today. And uh, someone was like, all right, let's talk about it. And uh, I didn't know this, but in like 1990, Trump came out and was like, Tiananmen Square, very strong performance by the Chinese government. Got to hand it to them. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they've looked like they might not uh, fucking kill all those protesters, but then they just wiped them out and they killed them. You, you have to respect that. Uh, so that guy, zero surprise there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that guy that said that, um, <laughs> he, uh, 
he he definitely thinks yeah that, that this is going to go good for him um i don't know man uh i i think that there's a pretty easy way to play this game like it's not like like there even even in a situation like this like the deck the deck is stacked in his favor not him specifically but like the president in any given situation of just like cable news you know it's it's made up of people like any it's made up of people who are going to like, you know, who, who find the protesters to be uh, a little unruly, not really like they, they don't identify with them personally. Um, you know, the, the president is an authority figure. They respect like the cable news is not geared towards getting the, uh, the perspective of the underdog out there. You know, uh, almost everybody you see on cable news went to an elite university and they sell shit tons of national ads. Yeah, yeah, and and whenever they went to that elite university, uh, there was like some campus activism, and they probably thought those kids were just uh, complaining too loudly, you know, that they were just fucking annoying. Um, and uh, I, I reference cable news because I, I think that's uh, studies have indicated that that usually is a big thing as far as you know. Whenever people ask, like, "Well, is this good for the chance of getting Trump out? Is it bad for the chance of getting Trump out?" It's a lot about, you know, how, how it's presented to people, you know, like if, if you're your average, uh, you know, Midwestern family is tuning in to see that uh, these Antifa are just throwing rocks at these good cops for no reason. And, uh, you know, you got to got to get these unruly elements down, you know, these these fucking poor people, they just don't know how to act like then then it's probably going to be pretty bad for the chances of uh of getting Trump out but like so so if he just kind of lets like sits back and whatever you know doesn't doesn't fucking hit people who aren't doing anything it's going to go great for him like you know they 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 want to give you the story of uh you know that 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 the these these masses are are out of control and the only thing that can save us are are our beautiful trusted police and he just wouldn't let them do it he absolutely refused to give them even like the tiniest fig leaf of like, no, actually this is all right. Like they just had cameras on them as they were doing nothing 30 minutes away from the curfew. So like the second those people are out past curfew, then I think the cable news would be like, well, you know, you got these fucking lawbreakers who won't pay attention to the curfew. What did they expect? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And th- then it's like, Hey, you know, you don't want to see it, but, um, how else are you going to get them out there except for fucking spraying a bunch of pepper balls at them? And uh, he, he didn't even do that. He could not wait a half hour. So he could walk to a church, hold up a Bible, then walk back. And like, they just didn't think through any of this shit. Like, like they fucking gassed the priests. I'm sure everyone has seen this on Twitter, but like you're gassing priests. You're clearing out the church of priests so that you can take your little picture in front of it. And uh, See, I didn't know that. I just thought it was closed. No, I mean, I, I think that the, uh, the the church itself was closed, but, like, the priests who worked there were, like, standing in front of it handing out water and, you know, oh. like, like the, it's it's working hours or whatever, you know, that this is their job. Uh, so they were they were just, you know, with, with services closed, it appeared to have kind of a, like, well, what can I do sort of mentality. And so, yeah, I think there's, like, three or four of them standing out in front, and they, they just had, they got chased out of there by the gas the same way everyone else did. I know that the bishop of the... The diocese, because I heard her, I heard her on television right afterward. She's like, "Yeah, I saw that. I learned about this on the news. Like, I had no idea this was happening." And I know, like, this. There's really this joke is worn out, but I, <laughs> I thought whenever 
so a reporter yelled at him, is that your Bible? And he goes, it's a Bible. That sounded <laughs> exactly like a, that joke format has been used 10,000 times on the ticket in the last, I don't know, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Bible. Um, uh, I just like, I love it so much, but yeah. The, uh, the comedian Chris Kubas uh, on Twitter <laughs> said that he he was looking at the Bible the way that uh, Charlie did and always said when he picks up a calculator like, oh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there, little fella? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, it was definitely just so creepy like at the end of his speech when, and I guess a little bit anticlimactic, although still hilarious when he's like, and now I will go pay tribute to a very special place and i was like what does that fucking mean <laughs> like kristen and i just looked at each other like i'm going okay. to cancun yeah, the cheesecake factory uh, the, <laughs> yeah the toilet like i don't know like that is I had, how i would announce going to take a shit no doubt <laughs> i'm going now to go pay tribute to a very special place and i just yeah megan's gonna get tired of that phrase quickly <laughs> They didn't even really have speculation for probably eight or nine minutes on the live coverage on the news before they figured out like, oh, secrets. They like had a, an aerial shot where they were like, oh, Secret Service is now surrounding this church. So it must be that he's headed there. But it was so out of left field that they didn't even really have a guess for the first few minutes. Uh, <laughs> like, does he just mean the White House? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. The place where we burned all the fucking mint jewels that we confiscated when baron got caught i don't know yeah but it was it was that out of left field that he's like i'm gonna walk over and all because he thought people thought he was a pussy because they briefly took him to a bunker on friday whenever there was mass unrest of course they did that like of course they did that and i'll tell you what dude i don't know a whole lot about uh World War One, World War Two. I really, I have major gaps in my history on that. But if you just read an overview of like five different countries in Latin America in the 80s, and I only got into that because I was interested in the CIA. This shit is copy and paste, right? Like this is what you see in all of those types of countries. And as we'll play here in a minute, the way that he's talking to those governors where he's like, arrest everyone, throw them in jail for 10 years and we can stop this. Like, I know that this is a different country with way more levels of protection built into all of our lives in everybody's world. Dude, this shit does not always end well for the person at the top. And we have, a, thankfully, a peaceful democratic process in this country. But the way that he talks and the shit that he does where he's like... I must get out into the public street where people are protesting with a show of force to try to show them that this is what I'm all about. Like, I'm certainly not advocating for any sort of violence or anything like that, but this is how people get overthrown. And I'm not fucking picking up a gun. I'll tell you that for, uh, for getting in the streets for anything. I'll vote. But that shit is a dangerous game to play. At least it has been in other countries. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I mean, it's kind of been three years of me raising my eyebrows like, huh, Mm. a little surprised. (laughs) But using using your own military force against Yeah, no, this is like times a million. And then walking out the front door of the White House and completely throwing off all the security protocols, that's the type of shit that the strongman leader does whenever he is obsessed with showing 
that he has no vulnerabilities. And that just, all I'm saying is, that is dicey for the country. Because most people who are in that position, again, they're like the people on cable news. They're like, you fucking kidding me? Like, take me right to the bunker. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, get, get me down there as fast as you can. Like, no matter what administration the leader is from, they're usually like, yeah, I understand. I need to be away from the public whenever they're this upset. But I, mean, I don't like being around them when they're happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope he reconsiders and just like kind of halfway starts listening and just says, you know what? Maybe we'll just win this in an election because I don't think you're just saying that because you're worried about your money. You know, it's already gone. The timing could have been better. (laughs) You're not taking it now. No, I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's the, the bet has been made. The die is cast. There's not much I can uh, I can do about it now. Uh, I probably am going to owe you five hundred bucks, but I'm still not even sure about that because if unemployment, uh, if they can get that under control, a lot of the people who want to vote They're for it don't. They can't. Yeah, well, maybe not, but I still think that matters way more than this does. The only thing is, this might actually impact that to a certain degree. Yeah, I I, def, I I agree with the the idea that unemployment is a bigger factor. But you know, I, I thought unemployment is going to be pretty bad then, regardless. Also, uh, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I I know with uh, economic performance, it's not like people base it on economic performance that day. It's usually like quarter two of the, uh, or sorry, second quarter. I don't mean to. I call it Q two. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of one time I was watching the Masters with a guy who said that. Uh, Tiger was uh, negative three through uh, through six holes. Did you really like? He said it very authoritatively. Like someone asked him, he's like, "Yeah, he he's negative three. Oh man, I love authoritative sports. Wrong guy. Yeah, is is at a bar in Houston. It was great. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, so the Q two I think is uh, usually the biggest uh, big, biggest factor. And in Q2, I think that we shrunk by uh, like 30%. Still time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you want to, I, I would like to uh, play this audio, talk about this audio, and then uh, then zoom out a bit. Does that sound like a good plan to you? Is this the, the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may be parts where you want to stop it, but yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Fucking Mike Let, Tyson, a fucking generals dude. Let's uh, let's at least examine that. Um, are, <laughs> a lot of victories, no losses. What what have been any, the recent <laughs> American military victories? I don't know anything really about Mark Milley. Uh huh. Um, but I'm not sure that anybody who's been, uh, you know. <laughs> Chairman of the Chiefs, Chief of Staff, or really at any position of power, can claim absolutely no losses. Um, but that, that I guess we digress. But I just I thought that kind of stuck out. Like it was really unnecessary to even add that. He could have just been like, "This guy's really good." Like he never stepped foot in Iraq. Yeah, maybe not a loss, but we can at least call it a TBD if you want. 
I don't know. It kind of looks like it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see. I see what you're saying. Saddam's Saddam lost. So Saddam did lose. There is that. I have to concede that. No losses. The various states, and I just put him in charge. The Attorney General is here, right here, Bill Barr, and he will activate Bill Barr and activate him very strongly. Strongly. The, the Brian Curtis looking. joke was uh, was Bill Barr not on the playoff roster? <laughs> 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 Although I would like to live in a time where uh, at some point in my life someone says, Jake Kemp, we're going to activate him. <laughs> like, I don't know what it would mean, but... I mean, that's kinda, that's kind of what the, the big, that hardline announcement segment, you know, they, they, they tag that with, and Jake Kemp, we're going to activate him. And activate him strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For arrests, you have to get much tougher. You're going to get overridden. Uh, I know Governor Walz is on the phone, and, and we spoke. And uh, I fully agree with the way he handled it the last couple of days. I asked him to do that. And a lot of men, we have all the men and women that you if people aren't calling them up, you have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. They're going to run over you. You're going to look like a bunch of jerks. Okay. You have to dominate. Yeah. Uh, did somebody put uh, Kevin McAllister's uncle? I, I was thinking uh, Ken Woodley. Ken Woodley. <laughs> Ken Woodley, yeah. Dominate the foe. Dominate the foe. <laughs> but then I just find it kind of ineffective to tell a bunch of people hey you're all gonna look like a bunch of jerks <laughs> <laughs> oh like fuck this, dude i uh, do not want to look like uh, a jerk you think i want to look like a jerk in an election year can't have it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you, you think the people of this state want a jerk is their governor <laughs> didn't think so it's such a weak credit like weak weak insult but anyways and you have to arrest people, and you have to try people, and they have to go to jail for long periods of time. I saw what happened in Philadelphia. I saw what happened in Dallas, where they kicked the guy to death. I don't know if he died or not, but if he did, that's well, that's <laughs> that was a that was a quick <laughs> walk back, pal. <laughs> that's actually a pretty important part of whether or not someone was kicked to death. <laughs> they kicked the guy to death. I don't know if he died, but they they kicked him to death. <laughs> Let's see if we can't uh, enjoy that a little. <laughs> Dallas, where they kicked the guy to death. I don't know if he died or not, but if he did, it's a, it's a miracle what they did to him. They were kicking him. Like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. People don't talk about that. <laughs> Always my favorite line. <laughs> we got one. Yeah, yeah. People don't talk about it. Everyone's Actually, talking about it. People don't talk about it. People were talking uh, it's about a it miracle. so much. Uh, like, uh, what what they did, it's a miracle, is what he said. I, I understand mm -hmm. what he's saying, is what he's attempting to say, is that it's a miracle that he lived, but but his actual words are, it's a miracle what they did. <laughs> and look, I kind of can't believe the guy lived either, but all I know is that um, a huge amount of the country had seen that video whether it was on Fox News, whether it was on their Facebook, because it was... I mean, it was on our stream. I think that's, like, what, 
70, 80 percent of, 70, of America. Yeah. But they they uh, to say nothing the video, of the international audience. The video he saw was definitely the one that was edited before the guy was swinging a fucking medieval weapon around. I, but I don't know that that would have changed his opinion. Probably not. But still, yeah, no, everything. Uh, I guess uh, surely that guy's tweets got screen caps somewhere. But but I I, mm-hmm. I got to the Twitter account before he uh, before he locked it and uh, read his whole explanation and uh, it was it's sad. <laughs> it, it, made, it made me feel sad because like basically it just sounded like he was a a lonely guy who just goes and hangs out at Billy Can Can and so kind of thinks that the waiters are his friends because they talk nice to him, but like they're also paid to talk nice to him. And uh, he was just thinking about how much it would bother him if those people that are paid to talk nice to him couldn't be paid anymore because their store got ransacked. So he went and grabbed his sword. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't have kicked him. I, don't, I thought that the way they were beating him was, uh, was savage and vicious and unnecessary. And I... I, I would uh, in, discourage anyone else from doing that, but Jesus fucking Christ, man! You ask me like uh, like if a friend came to me and they were like, "Hey, um, I've got a sword. Do you think I should run into an angry mob trying to stab people in order to protect the uh, the honor and good fortune of Billy Can Can?" I would probably say no. I would advise them against. Yeah, but he doesn't have a friend to ask because he owns swords. <laughs> <laughs> dude the way he's talking it just it really seemed like that was kind of what he was trying to tell you is like it was a bummer to read for listen, sure uh i don't have much <laughs> but yeah. i got a sword and billy can can <laughs> and uh i don't know man uh my heart broke code. for him a little bit yeah yeah but i don't know if he's dead <laughs> he's he's not dead you don't talk about that you're talking about uh, a lot of other things but they don't talk about that but a lot i know what things. happened in dallas and those Kids are all on camera, the wise guys. And it's coming from the radical left. You know it, mm. everybody knows it, but it's also looters. Everybody. And it's people that figure they can get free stuff by running into stores and running out with television sets. I saw it. Where kid has a, a lot of stuff, he puts it in the back of a brand new car and drives mm. off. You have every one of these guys running on a tank. Why, why aren't you prosecuting them? Now, the harder you are... Uh, sir, it's because I'm a fucking governor. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I could probably write a letter. I, I don't, like, go to court. <laughs> I guess I'm not, not sure what your understanding of my job is here. The yeah. healthier you are, the less likely it is that you're going to be invisible. But we found out they're delivering supplies to various places in various states. Your people know about it now. But we found out many things is like a movement. And it's a movement that if you don't put it down, it'll get worse and worse. This is like Occupy Wall Street. It was a disaster. Well, he is at least kind of starting to understand that it's a movement and that it is uh, it is somewhat related to Occupy just in the sense of, man, I'm pissed off that everything sucks for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I want to talk. I, I I wanted to talk anyways about the uh, the whole outside agitator phenomenon, which seems to be what yeah. he's referring to at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. I guess I just I, I would like to first say like uh, this is an extremely common feature of these kinds of responses. 
Uh, I, several years ago, got real interested in the Kent State shooting, and that is absolutely just, I, I, I figure people know, but in the 60s, there was a, a student demonstration. I think it might have been 1970. Uh, there's a student demonstration against the Vietnam War at Kent State University in Ohio. National Guard of Ohio was called in to, uh, to, to settle things down, and uh, they opened fire on the crowd. Live bullets, just fucking American troops, members of the National Guard, just shooting at fucking university students. And uh, at the time, all the leaders were like, yeah, you know, it's not our kids, not our students that got all this going. They, they, had, they had people whipping them up, up into a frenzy. That's how they ended up there. Um, none of the bullets struck any of these supposed outside agitators. Every single person who was hit by a bullet, four of whom died, uh, were, uh, were, were accredited Kent State students in good standing. Um, so, drat, the agitators slipped away again. And... I don't know. I don't even want to say that like there's zero people in the country going around trying to start shit. I think there's definitely people trying to start shit, but I think that there's thousands and thousands and thousands more that just legitimately would like to be heard about their concerns about the way that they're treated. And if you're spending time talking about the, uh, you know, small handful of, of agitators, I think you're doing so because you would like to escape talking about the legitimate concerns of the people who are protesting in a responsible manner. I also think that uh, whenever you're talking about, uh, like, the amount of time that police and mayors and everything spend talking about these outside agitators, I really do kind of find to be weird. Like, Like, so uniformly across the board... Like every mayor or police chief that steps forward wants to spend at least a little bit of their press conference being like, man, these guys, they just come in the hotel rooms, just bring in these fucking pallets of bricks, like that don't know what's going on. And uh, I was I was thinking about it today of like, it's it's definitely when you're working back from how do I get up the, the gumption, just fire indiscriminately into a, a crowd of my fellow citizens who want nothing better than to be fucking not killed by the state. Uh, saying these are my fellow citizens, they're just outside agitators is probably really helpful for that. Like every, every video you've seen of someone with like a camera phone, that's like, uh, you know, filming something of like a cop hitting someone. And then the cop next to him fucking fires off a flashbang at the camera phone. I think I've seen like three or four of those. It would not surprise me if the, the thought in the mind of every single one of those cops firing at the guy with the camera is like, ah, one of those outside agitators. Not a dude who fucking might go to school with my daughter that, uh, you know, is, is, is a good guy that's worried about the way the world is working for him. Uh, it also absolves you of some responsibility. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that's just, what you're saying is just that you can look at it and be like, well, the people I police aren't actually mad at me. Yeah, yeah, it's just these fucking outside agitators. It's just a very convenient construction. So I'm not saying that there aren't outside agitators. I don't fucking know. I, I mean, I, I've seen scant evidence of it. You know, like, based on the uh, the internet Twitter feed I'm looking at, it looks like there's a lot more fucking cops just punching people for no reason than there are outside agitators caught on video. But maybe there's some. I don't know. I don't even really want to have that argument. I just want to say that one, it's a disturbing thing for them to be talking about because it uh, creates a situation where they feel less culpability for their very abhorrent actions. And two, it's a distraction from the things that we all should be talking about, which is the police violence should stop. 
Yeah, and for me, it's just a big old ice cream headache because, uh, one, as you said, it, it diverts from the argument that you want to actually be having or the discussion that you actually want to be having. And it was extremely predictable that, you know, a few days after, uh, like when, whenever we talked on Friday on the air or whenever all of us talked on Saturday night, it was, you know, super predictable that, you know, the more, um, property damage and violence that you saw or looting that that would not only provide uh not only do some police departments get a convenient possible excuse by saying um these are people that are from outside i think it provides a certain type of person in the public a civilian uh, a convenient excuse to no longer have to engage with arguments that they were possibly open to for like 20 minutes yeah you know yeah. And that's that and and that it obviously it sucks, but I also um and I, I mentioned this on the air and a guy sent me an email of a couple things that I do not know anything about, so I will uh just read them for you and hope that he's right. But I just said I guess I'm just not all that familiar with momentous societal change that has occurred from entirely peaceful uh protests that never in any way involve violence or looting or destruction of property because like for example the the great tyler i trill withers of uh of barstool and really just of of internet for the last 10 years uh, i saw somebody typed out one of his quotes uh from their most recent podcast and it was like yep the guy who's most known for nonviolent protest had his jaw shot off on the balcony of a hotel, and yet people still always ask, why are there not more of those guys? Yeah. Um, and so it's always kind of made sense to me that, I don't know, I mean, if you again, if you look at a lot of human history, I just, I don't know how many people who were either aggrieved or oppressed by the state achieved any sort of actual change or understanding even in ways that were just clean and i mean i I'd pref- i guess I'd the, prefer uh, that. The, the the overwhelming example I, I think would be uh would be gandhi like I, I i could be wrong here i do not have a strong grasp of uh indians in india's colonial history but i i believe he achieved dependence through nonviolent means right uh, and that is one of the uh, protests that this gentleman mentioned. Uh, he listed the Salt March in India, which is Gandhi. Uh, U.S. women's suffrage movement may apply. There are certainly random misbehave, uh, mischief-laden events. The vast majority of events were not really violent or riotous. And then he mentions Cesar Chavez's grape strike in the 1960s. But even if all three of those are true... Uh, this is a guy who sounds like he knows what he's talking about, and he was able to come up with three. Yeah, yeah, against the thousands. <laughs> like, just think of every single other country in the world. They all got there by fucking shooting. Uh, and, and with the, the Gandhi thing, I am not a, uh, an expert on Gandhi, but my, my understanding um, is that, like, in his formulation... You know, and I, I don't know how he would judge this conflict to be, but I don't think that he was a guy that was like, you know, what's the only way to do things? Nonviolence. Like he he was, I, I believe that the the philosophy behind his thing was that you had the British government and the British people, and the British government could only treat India the way that they could if they had the consent of the British people. And so, in an attempt to, uh, you know, like like basically is like a, a his word for it, and I, I guess it's probably. 
um, not in English, but his, the, the translation is, uh, you know, like the watcher, you know, that the British people were acting as a watcher. Um, and so that if, if you could do enough to like horrify them, uh, like just by you standing there and taking punches, like they're watching this guy punch you and they're like, geez, he's fucking punching that guy pretty hard. It seems like an asshole. And, and it, it was his opinion that if you did not have that, then like this was not a, a and, you know, again, could be wrong on all this, but it makes enough sense to me um, that, uh, that, 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 you know, you would, you would not, uh, um, try a, a nonviolent means. Now I would say that we're probably like, like most of us are probably the watcher here, you know, which is kind of weird. Cause I, I do, maybe it's just uh, the Twitter echo chamber, but I, I feel like public opinion is more united about these things than at any other point in my life. I do not feel that it is united. I think that there's still plenty of shitheads will disagree with you, but I feel like there are fewer of them and they are quieter certainly than like Ferguson or something like that. Does that match your experience? It does. And I mean, I, I would even say, and uh, we're going to do another live stream Thursday night uh, with some of the fellows because we're going to be out this weekend. And we'll probably talk more specifically about some of the race elements of this and a lot less about Trump because, <laughs> you know, uh, this, you know, different mediums, different shit. Anyways, whatever. Um, Unless he fucking gasses another group of people yeah, or doing nothing. Maybe so. Um, but. I mean, in my experience, I mean, it's weird, man. I, I don't know. Like, I've never received as much email and Twitter activity in the whole time I've been, like, whatever we are, public figure or, you know, ever, ever. And I can't respond at this point. I will, but it's like, a, over what, like, obviously, a huge number of them are like, hey, it's cool to hear somebody saying things that uh, I think. A lot of those people listen to this show and uh, actually just heard us take it to the air for once. But a lot of them have also been like, hey, I kind of, you know, I'm a moderate. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit of a, a moderate conservative. And here's the reasons why. And these are things that I've either never really thought about or had kind of wanted to ignore. And it's a lot harder to ignore now. And I think I also think that's one reason why the so while while public opinion might be more united uh, towards the idea of, man, this is, this is an untenable situation. And there are, whether it's, uh, you know, police review boards, whether it's a reformation of the way that we're policed, whether it's no one wants to touch the third rail of reparations, but just the, the way that we understand race in this country, if that's more unified, the people that are not on board are way more fucking pissed off right now than they were before. You know what I mean? Like in the same way that it is turned a lot of people towards, hey, I'm, uh, I might be a little more open to talking about this. The people who weren't and aren't, their fucking blood is boiling right now because they're starting to either realize that they're losing the, the worm here, <laughs> you know, it's turning on them a little bit, or they know somewhere deep down that they've been fighting this internally for probably their entire lives, and it's going to be harder to continue to hold that position. And a lot of them will just die, right? I mean, that's just the way this works, is that people who held views that we view as, you know, archaic, a lot of times they just die. The thing about race, though, is it's Those been remarkably... Those are the sad facts of progress. Yeah, it's been... That's how it works. Kind of Teflon, though. You know what I mean? Like, gay marriage, it's like a lot of people who were not open to it just died. And they were unable to effectively pass down the same majorities to continue to uphold those laws. But it seems like it's been a lot more 
um, you know, it's been tougher to change when it comes to things related to race. And I don't know. I, I, I saw a really interesting video today. Uh, it was kind of corny and someone sent it to us and it was a Facebook video. So I was already kind of hesitant and it was, it was about six minutes long and it's a guy who's extremely Southern, but he's probably about our age. Um, and he's just talking about, uh, well, really, it was about the why the myths of the Confederacy have maintained. And he spent a lot of time talking about, um, is it just, are they just called the Daughters of the Confederacy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and just the monuments and stuff like that, that they passed this down. But really, what he didn't say that he almost got to, and I kind of thought, boy, I guess I'd never really thought about that, is that... <laughs> I think in a lot of countries where there's like a violent insurrection against the actual current government, I think a lot of the people who, and I'm talking like not necessarily all developed countries, and I'm not necessarily even talking about the 20th century, I think all the people who tried that and lost die. (laughs) So like their myths don't get passed down because they all just get killed either in the war or executed afterwards. And this, like, idea of, well, we need to bring the South back into the fold, I don't know for sure, but I think that might be a kind of a rare occurrence in a civil war. Like, usually I think you just get crushed, right? And, like, your Uh, history of, like, I'd like to pass down this history that we believe in and nobody else in the country really does, they were remarkably successful at that given that they got destroyed, I think it might be more common than, uh, I mean, I don't fuck, I, I, I'm, I am familiar with exactly one more civil war than the American civil war, uh, but the Irish civil war, the guys who lost it, like, dominated Irish politics for the next 90 years. So Okay, so maybe that is how it works. I just would figure that a lot of times, like, when you're throwing that gun in the pile, as Bob always jokes about, you're walking right the fuck over to a rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you know, and, there's, there's the, the battle with the English. That's how it was. Yeah. Oh, most fucking certainly. Um, you know, everyone who did the Easter Rising, uh, whenever it failed, had, you know, like they, they were fucking firing squads. Um, but but yeah. if you don't do that and you do engage in reconciliation, then you're basically able to just kind of perpetuate the same bullshit that your uh, cause was based on in the first place. You just lost slavery. But you were basically able to still perpetuate all of the things that led to the Civil War as factual on your side. The only thing you lost were slaves. And in fact, I w- you know, obviously you'd rather not be a slave than be a slave. But as far as the long-term effect on uh, minorities, I would say that being able to perpetuate those myths, pretty fucking damaging. <laughs> like, yeah. Pretty, pretty you damaging know, to I, the I, long-term I, understanding of, uh, of, of race relations. I do always think, uh, you know, that that's, I, I think that really turns on, I mean, hard to know. And I'd certainly, I would love to just hear, like have someone who knows more about this, educate me on it. Like not someone who read the Wikipedia pages, someone who's uh, like a, got a master's in it or something. Um, but the, well, uh, the uh, whole deal of like, uh, if Lincoln have a bunch of died. civil war paintings, would you like to talk to him? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, it's okay. Oh, okay. Uh, but just if, if Lincoln hadn't died, like, you know. Andrew Johnson seemed to be uh, much, much uh, worse. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know the specifics of, like, if Lincoln's politics would have been such that it would have developed different. I just hadn't really considered more, I mean, he, like, the he idea that they down lost, the road a little but bit, they didn't I think. really lose. 
Yeah. They only kind of lost because all their bullshit is still around. I mean, just, you Well, know, until you, a you, bunch you, of it got burned this weekend. You had a fucking uh, Tennessee native assuming the presidency within, you know, yeah. a short time. Uh, there was a crazy, I, I think it was Iglesias that was uh, reading up. He's been reading a lot about the Civil War and quarantine. And um, I don't remember if it was Marx or Engels. I think it was Marx. Uh, just was kind of like uh, evaluating the uh, the circumstances of like, you know, what what is the political impact of Lincoln's assassination is basically like, well, Johnson comes from a poor family. He's uh, he's going to, he's going to be resentful of the plantations. He's going to do a great job breaking them up. And uh, I just think he missed the, uh, you know, some, some of the dynamics in play sort of uh, went over his head because uh, yes, he was not from the plantations, but he's from the area where the plantations were and uh, th- things worked out okay for the plantations, you know? I have a, I want to add, throw a couple quick hits at you. I want you to explain to me uh, where you currently are on how to handle policing flat like i'll just leave it as open-ended as that because i know that we have our uh opinions about hey man why there's a lot of talk about de-escalation and but like i don't understand the abolish or defund the police argument that i see on some parts of twitter i i don't mean that i don't understand it like um I mean that I, I, I actually don't understand what it means. Not that yeah. I like, look at it and don't, oh, that's weird. I don't know what it means. So uh, I actually wrote down a list of possible solutions that I was going to try and work in towards the end of it here because I figured that most of the things we'd be talking about are depressing and uh, I would like to, uh, to end on hopeful note. I do have more depressing things left to get to. but uh, So do I. So if that's the order you want to go in. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, how about I just, uh, or yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll just answer your, your question as best I understand it. So I think that the abolish police is uh, much like abolish ICE. And uh, Abolish Ice also was not well understood by the public. <laughs> um, but I, I believe that the, the idea there is that, like, because I, I saw a, a long tweet thread that was very good from a, a Minneapolis council member uh, today, and I, I retweeted it. Um, if anyone's interested in going and finding it in my Twitter feed, it was uh, David J. Roth uh, was the guy who wrote the original tweet, highlighting the tweet thread, so just look for that one. Um, but basically, he was just outlining the ways in which he felt that the Minneapolis police were broken. Like he was, you know, referring back to, uh, you know, their, the head of their union, uh, the heads of police unions always say just the worst fucking shit about this sort Dude, of thing. And that uh, guy is <laughs> yes. out there. Dude. I mean, I, you know, if, if you go and read like the statement by the police union head after every single one of these killings, it's always like, wish we would have killed him faster. You know, like it's fucking cannot believe you're actually saying this shit guys. Uh, but yeah, so his, his basic thing, which is the same thing that we're, we're talking about when we talk about abolishing ice is not that we think that the function that they are attempting to achieve is like totally meaningless. What we're saying is the, the culture of that particular institution is so rotten. You got to get the whole fucking thing out of there. And you you start a new institution attempting to do a similar thing, uh, and so the the Minneapolis council member was just saying like let's like like that he was interested in seeing if he could convince the rest of council like let's let's just end the Minneapolis Police Department let's start something that's not called the Minneapolis Police Department it doesn't include any of the people who are currently involved in the Minneapolis Police Department and it will include like enforcing our laws 
but like yeah, I, the example he said, which I've certainly seen is like, uh, I, I don't know how often you go to your uh, neighborhood association meetings, but I've, I've been to a couple in the, uh, Northwest Dallas neighborhood association. Um, and, uh, you know, that they'll have the, uh, the officer speak and like they're, they're, universally very friendly and informative every single time. Uh, but like they bring a fucking gun, you know, like what does that say? Whatever you're going to talk to your neighbors and one of them has a gun on his hip. Like it's just an odd, odd thing to, uh, to do it. Just, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Like just if, basically what he was calling for is let's go back to square one. Let's not say this is the, this is something that made sense a hundred years ago. And like, it was never so objectionable. We stopped. So like, fuck it, whatever. We'll just keep going. Let's say right now in this moment, what would be the best way to, you know, create a society that works for everyone where like laws are respected, but you know, there's not abuses that go on. It doesn't end in this thing where like, you know, it, 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 like even how it's like now it's, it's very stark, but even outside of now, it, it seems like the police treat it like they're in a civil war where they're one side and every single person who's not police is on the other side. And that's not a dynamic that needs to be repeated. So he, he's saying like, that he would be interested in seeing if he could work within the bounds of government to uh, just rewrite that entire dynamic. So I, that that I think is the uh, the like most lofty goal of like abolish police departments. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it sounds due to uh, you know conventional wisdom that we're used to extremely radical. Um, mostly just because I have a hard time uh, sort of conjuring up what the next like what the replacement of the next step would be. Um, and how it would not look like police now. Um, I mean, you know, maybe I, that's like I don't know, but I but I bet that there's someone in every city government who like has ideas, right? Like like who who watches the way police do things? Like man, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I I totally trust. Like you and I are not equipped to uh, to write a proposal, but it, but it's very easy for me to imagine someone who knows what they're talking about could could come up with something much better than what we have now. Uh, maybe, but it also seems like it's part of a, um, you know, a, a nexus of other issues, starting with like the fact that guns are pretty easy to get. Yeah. So, so like that seems like it would be a tough. No, I don't think he's for- saying that, that they have guns never, but just like the idea that they're walking around with a gun constantly, like you know. Yeah. It's uh. No, it's it's well, look it's sending I mean, the wrong message a lot of times. Even if you if you if you dialed back policing to like the way that it was, and obviously there were still people um, being uh, killed extrajudicially uh, and, and disproportionately on uh, based on race, but and I I wasn't around. But even if you think about the way that you've been told about some types of policing in the seventies and eighties, um, it seems more palatable to me. And I know for sure, and this is why I was so surprised that things went peacefully in Fort Worth last night, that the like uh, police military industrial complex thing, that is not, I mean, that's, that basically started, well, I don't want to say started with 9-11, but I know that that's a big part of it because there's a yeah. shit ton I think, of I think extra Clinton was gear. like all behind gearing that up too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's what made me st- pause there and say, yeah, I definitely the '90s. I'm sure had a lot. You know, were a, were a, a jumping off point for this too. But you know, we've talked before about. I mean, Fort Worth has equipment that they should not have. Yeah, <laughs> like flat out, whether it's surveillance or or Just like all military the stuff with the equipment. tracking of the cell phones and the. You know, I, I believe that every Dallas 
car is uh, equipped with something that's constantly look like scanning the license plates of everything you can see, and like basically tanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a. It's basically uh, the paramilitarization of the police department, and I guess I'd probably settle for even just rolling that back. Yeah. Um, no, no. Listen, I don't know I'd, if that I'd, would achieve the goal or not. Yeah, I, I, I think that these ideas sound great to me. I would like to try them. I certainly would like at least one city to try them so that we can see how it goes. Right. Like this, this is a time where someone should be trying something absolutely different. I don't know that like every single city in the, in the nation needs to scrap their police department now and start over with like uh, whatever ideas like that. That seems like it could have unintended consequences. So maybe a couple people should try it first. But uh, so that, that I, I definitely feel that way. Um, but if I, if I can get into, uh, you know, the, the stuff I think about where I'm like that, that's how I think I could get better. Whenever I'm thinking that there's no fucking way that it ever gets better. I'm just thinking about, I mean, really like one guy, but like, I think that everyone has this guy and like, you know, I've, I've met other people who were not like as extreme as this guy, but we're still definitely this guy. Just the dude that I worked with, the fucking black eyed P where like, uh, he was just a waiter and every single like he was just always talking about how much he wanted to be a cop and like saying that he couldn't uh you know come into work on this shift because he's going to like interview with mckinney pd or whatever and you know that kind of shit and he was just the biggest dumbest asshole i'd ever met like just a fucking idiot and you know i just think i think everyone has that person like and just so whatever whenever you have like any kind of job that is just a total magnet for the dumbest people you know i I don't know how good of a job they're going to be able to do with that like you know it's it's a force made up of like the, the stupidest kids from your high school and you think that like there's a way to train them where they're going to be real fucking down the middle and chill about things uh like the, the the stuff that people have been citing recently and i mean i think everyone knows this before uh this week but like uh police officers are a lot more likely to commit domestic violence than other people and i think a lot of that is is like that's just a way of measuring violence and I, I don't think it i don't think that the fact that they're cops makes them feel like they have license to commit domestic violence i think that they're people who would have committed committed domestic violence anyways cuz they're violent people and violent people whenever they're looking at like well how do i fit into the world what's a way that i can profit off this one skill i have this is something that fucking jumps out at them so yeah and i don't see i don't totally like agree with that at Really, I mean, maybe I don't know what the percentages are, but I'm not I saying every single cop is like a dumbass psychopath, but <laughs> I think it's a lot more than zero. I mean, it might be higher than nor- than a, than in a lot of normal professions, but that is because, and this is something you and I were talking about this morning. I think as interesting as like the the police reform ideas are to me, and a lot of them are a lot smaller steps than what you're talking about. You know, I think it's. It's, and I'm not like, you know, going bootlicker over here or anything, but it is the, the fact of the matter is, is that most people who are economically disadvantaged or they live in, um, desperate situations and that leads to crime or it leads to, uh, no hope, no future. And, and again, the desperation, their only interaction with the state is the police and the police are not the reason why they are in that situation. The police uh, are um, maybe the job attracts people who are more prone to aggression, 
because the job has been defined by aggression. And that is because people, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think when you create war zones, you're going to get soldiers and we're okay with that. I, I don't mean you and I, but I mean, in general, the American public has been okay with that when we understand that this is happening in another country and we might have to send people to go and possibly kill people that we don't really care that much about because they're really, really far away. But whenever you have an economic situation that is entirely unfair, exclusionary, and frankly, racist, uh, you're going to create a situation, I just think, where you end up in a, in, a, in a spot where it's somewhat unfair to the police to make them be the only people from the government that these people see. And I don't know that I have an answer for it, but I, I do know, and I'm not, again, I, I know a number of people who are cops, who are thoughtful people, who I would not necessarily describe as aggression uh, as aggressive. Now, I might also tell you that they're people that in their normal mode are not aggressive, but you can kind of see in their eye that they will fuck you up at a quicker rate than, uh, than possibly uh, the average person would. And then on the domestic violence thing, I think the stats could get muddy there because I also think that uh, I think every job that requires somebody to react physically in stressful situations probably has a higher incidence of domestic violence. And that's not an excuse by any means. I mean, with, I think with if, the stats, it's, it's not like it's a little bit. I think that they're like twice as more likely to, yeah, uh, to hit so a spouse. So I'm saying like, I wonder how so that there's relates. Room in, there's room in there for all of the causes, you know? I wonder if that how that relates to, to like, you know, the military and to, I don't know, football players <laughs> and just people whose job it is to possibly be on edge, stressed out, and that on edge, stressed out response in their job is not like, think fast, I have to come up with a mental answer. It's a lot of times a physical one. So I, that's why I think like, yes, talking about the police is helpful and maybe it's a slightly easier thing to, to fix, even though it's a tall task. I hope that this results in a consistent conversation about like what we were talking about on Saturday, what we talked about last Thursday, what I've mentioned on the air, what fuck, what you and I have been talking about for years, which is you're not going to be able to fix a lot of these things at the tip of the iceberg level until you really start to address and understand them underneath. And, you know, we had a decent shot a couple months ago at a guy that <laughs> yeah, made most of us think that we had our best shot at trying to address that in a long time, and we see how that went. So my, my hope is not necessarily a brimming right now, but... I mean, my answer to everything, you know, I'll just lay my cards on the table. Like I, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, like knock over my cup at dinner and be like, well, fuck, if only Bernie had been here, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I look around at all this and I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys, could it, you had a shot at real solutions and you, you, you went with fucking oatmeal eater over here. Now it's, as far as like whether or not, uh, this is a situation, um, that, that's, uh, you know, born out of just the uh, intrinsic violence of police officers, or if there's a a system like whatever we create, like the you know uh, low income areas, like extremely low income areas that are concentrated, 
in our cities if like that's if you know you could run any sort of person in there and you would end up with with something similar um you know i i think that uh you probably agree with this that that it's that it's both you know like that somewhat you've got a job that attracts violent people and somewhat you've got a situation where like uh you know it's 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 difficult to we're like you know like the there's there's violence occurring in these areas absent police officers, you know, and so so they're 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 to attempt to uh, to stop it. But I don't know, man. I, I I think that as far as the balance, I've you know m- maybe talk me in, in talk to me in a month when all this is cooled down and maybe all of uh, you know cooled off a bit myself. But after just watching fucking cop violence video after cop violence video, like the decisions of these individuals like i i I think it's i think it's a lot on them dude i i I think that absolutely you know it doesn't mean like i don't want to create a society where we don't have concentrated poverty and everyone shares in the wealth that we've created equally so that uh you know no one feels like they have to loot in order to be able to uh to get ahead um you know what i mean like the stuff with the looting we, we we talked about this briefly amongst ourselves, but like, you know, rich people don't loot, dude. Sometimes they do. They, they loot at a lot lower rates. You know, the, the risk reward whenever you can get $500 on, you know, I don't know, a stock trade or some shit like that. Like whenever it's easy for you to get $500, uh, then you're not going to go and fucking smash a window and try to grab some shit that you're then going to have to fence to, to be able to do it. But you know, if if like five hundred dollars is like more than you've earned in a week in a week in your life, then like fuck yeah, I'm smashing that window. Um, so if you just make it so that there's not that many people who live in America uh, that that have the situation where they've never earned five hundred dollars in a week in their life, then um, you know <laughs> I, I think we'd all be a lot better off. But but I I, th- I think you do have to see the number of, of violent decisions made by police officers caught on film in the last week and say that there is something rotten with how, with, with the kinds of people who do this job and the, the ways that they feel okay is for them to act. You know I mean? The simple distillation of it. I mean, there's a million fucking examples, but like the, the stuff from uh, the police scanner in New York last night where, uh, you know, like someone will be like, Hey, uh, we got a uh, protesters congregating on this street and someone else gets on the radio. It's like, Oh, run them over. And you know, someone else saying like, Hey, we got protesters over here. Someone gets on the radio. Oh, fucking shoot them. You know, like it's just, you, you wouldn't say that shit. I wouldn't say that shit. These are bad people. And I'm not saying that every single, like, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sh- obviously there's, there's, you know, some that are worse than others, but like, the some that are better than others are like all right working with those people. They didn't quit, you know, and I don't know that we'd be better off if they did <laughs> like, you know, you probably don't want to run out the, 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 you know, the relatively good ones, but I don't know, man. Um, I guess I just, I, I, I don't know the answer to this, but I think that, I think that it is a, uh, that it, turning them into basically urban military could push even people who you might view as decent into um, becoming the type of person who is no longer decent. So I don't know necessarily if I would say it's mostly bad people as much as I would say that it is a very, very bad situation. (laughs) And I don't know the answer to that because it's not like you have friendly conversations with these people when they're on duty in the middle of like feeling like they could die. You talk to them 
when they're off at a remote and they're like normal fucking people or you see a buddy from high school and you're like, yeah, this guy's just still kind of a normal guy, but I have no idea how that dude acts whenever, you know, he's pushed in a way that he feels like he's threatened. He probably acts like an asshole. And so I don't know. I don't really, you know, I don't, none of these are good. <laughs> like if either one like of I don't us matter. Are, I don't care what job I'm doing. I'm not driving my SUV into a crowd full of people the way the cop in New York did. Like I, I just no. wouldn't do that. Like regardless of circumstance, I feel comfortable saying that. I feel like and it's an easy too. thing to say. I do too. Uh, I, however, don't know that if I saw somebody, if I had been trained a certain way and I had been spending my nights uh, in fucking urban war zones, that if I saw somebody reaching for something that I would not think I am not leaving here dead tonight. Now, part of the reason I might do that is because I know that I'm protected. Yeah. <laughs> Which but is I, an entire I just, other I thing. I just see incident after incident. Like the the one, there's a, uh, you probably, I, I, assume, I assume you've seen all the videos I've seen. Um, you know, because I, I think Jordan Ole's out here. He's, What's that? Uh, that Jordan Ole or Ole guy is, uh, he's grinding on the montage videos. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. No, I the, think the, the New, York, New York Times did a story about him today. The uh, the protest in Seattle, um, that's like the like every time like I've, I've come on here and talked about like a trip to Seattle, like that's where we hang out. Like that, like it was outside Cal Anderson Park. There's not been a single time I've been to Seattle where I didn't spend a lot of fucking time walking into the bars around Cal Anderson Park. And like so to see like that going on, first of all, was was fucking with me pretty good, you know. I mean, not for any like logical reason, but whatever. Like my emotions were were high about it. But just, just to see the way that that one broke down of like fucking, you know, that that the people are standing there doing absolutely nothing and have umbrellas up so that whenever the police go to spray them, that they'll just spray the umbrellas. And the cop just reaches across, pulls down the umbrella for the purpose of spraying them in the face of the, the umbrella. Like they're not doing anything to him. They're just fucking standing there. And he just makes, he just knows that this mace won't hurt him bad enough if they just does it this way. And so he's like, no, fuck it. I'm spraying you right in the eyes. The number of times the cops have sprayed people with pepper spray, like close range. And I mean, uh, were you there for the fakey thing or was that like uh, you were on vacation or something? Someone was on vacation, right? Jake? Sorry. Yeah, Bob was on vacation. The number of things that Dan and I have uh, <laughs> thought this is a good idea <laughs> whenever it was just the two of us, whether it was having Bugatti Casino on to ask him about Lucky Whitehead's oh, dog that was great. or blasting <laughs> fakey. <laughs> We basically turned the show into jackass uh, four or five times. But yeah, I was standing right next to Fahey and got a little in, in my mouth. So yeah, yeah, I, I I was like in the plaza and was like, holy fuck! Like I got a I got a cough. Like this is this is tough. And uh, to imagine having that sprayed point blank into your eyes, that would fuck you up. Like I I, I don't think that yeah. anyone should do that to another person ever if it can be avoided. You know, like if it's if it's like someone trying to rape you or whatever. Like I get it, but you know, like even then, if you can get some distance, please do so. You know, and I, uh, pull the trigger on the rape thing. First <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. I'm just saying it's yeah. You know, for for I, I'm assuming that most of the audience has not been sprayed with pepper spray. So <laughs> let me tell you, it is whatever you think it is. It's worse than that. And so to see the number of times that a cop has just been like, like to people who like, you're just like, 
you know, hey, fuck you. And then they're just like, oh, fuck me. And then just spray some close range of pepper spray. Like that, that is not that different from shooting them. It's different. It's definitely different. I wouldn't want to do either. I would really, really work hard to avoid both situations. Yeah. Uh, what, what makes this tough is that we're now having arguments about how the normal police in normal, na- not normal neighborhoods, but in neighborhoods that are uh, disadvantaged and crime ridden and, you know, obviously also the problem disproportionately uh, minorities is that we're now <laughs> seeing them at their worst when they're being told by the people in charge, like, just fucking go full license and fuck these people up and then trying to have an argument about or a discussion about what policing should be like in normal times. And it's not looking good for them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. You know, I mean, like, the reason they're in this spot is because this is how they act in normal times. You know, it's yeah. not like there was a riot on whenever the fucking officer was putting his neck on the dude's throat until three minutes after he was dead. Like, But I heard that he had a little bit of a criminal record from the <laughs> oh, police. Oh, wow. Well. Did you see the Steven Jackson interview? Uh, No. I mean, I saw him speaking at a protest probably Saturday night, but I, it wasn't like an interview. They were like childhood friends. Like that was like oh, one really? of Steven Jackson's best friends. Yeah. Uh, he was on the Today Show talking about it. I actually saw it from Riff Raff's Instagram. They just put the whole interview on Riff Raff's Instagram. Wait, uh, who was Steven Jackson sense. good friends with? Uh, George Floyd. Okay. Because I didn't know Steven Jackson was from Port A, although I see it here now. Did you know that uh, George Floyd used to appear on DJ Screw mixtapes under the name Big Floyd? Oh, shit. I uh, I saw yeah. someone mention DJ Take Screw somewhere. Take one guess at which one that. of our friends sent that to me. <laughs> was it Binion? No, uh, that would have been a good second, but no, Brick hit me with... Uh, okay, okay. Seeing if I could find the original. But anyways, yeah. And then on wild shit that they said uh, uh, in the aftermath of this, they being, uh, you know, the badge. Did you see what the police chief, not even a union head, police chief in LA said? No. Uh, he was speaking at a press conference on Monday and he said, speaking of the looters and those responsible for property damage in Minneapolis, he said, George Floyd, his death is on their hands as much as it is those officers. Hard for me to square that statement. Later that evening. As his remarks drew criticism, Moore said he misspoke. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm tr- trying to delete. <laughs> trying to, that's a Girls classic. Girls of me. Classic trying to delete right there. Yeah. Like that's, that's sticking your neck way out there. Not just like, hey, these people are just as bad as, as the officers. No, these people who were not looting until after he was dead. They're responsible for his death, just like the people who killed him. Yeah, they, they but, killed him, more or less. But I'm not, Think about uh, it. he may not be dead. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. Not I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard, but you know, if he is, that's, that's, uh, that's just horrible. Yeah, no, and it, just as far as like the, uh, you know, my, my depression over uh, whether or not we have any shot at like uh, making serious headway on this problem. With a lot of things, uh, you know, like like my insistence that is that we are capable of forming a society where everyone is treated, uh, you know, fairly in an economic sense, is based on seeing it done in other countries. Uh, you know, and I, I, I like, you know, I, I think that if something's within the scope of like it can be done elsewhere, then it can be done here. But like, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on uh, police violence in other countries at all. Um, but I don't think that any of them are playing the schedule that we're playing as far as I know. Yeah. I, I do yeah, not think that the racial forever. composition and racial history of any other country in the world really matches ours in degree, you know, like, like, like in the UK, like they, they had slaves, they imported them from the same places we imported from them from, but like in much, much lower numbers, you, you look at a demographic breakdown of, uh, of, of the UK, it does not look like America. America has a lot more minorities than every other place. And like, I think that's fucking awesome. I love living here as a result, but I think that you'd have to be crazy not to acknowledge that it seems like some people have a hard time handling that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Ba- based on that, I, I, I think the police are, uh, you know, knowing that other police forces accomplished what I would consider to be like comparatively easier tasks, like doesn't really prove to me that, uh, that we can do it. And, you know, I still think it's worth trying. Um, I, I, and so I, I would love to uh, throw out I, I've, what I was saying before is like my pie in the sky thing. I have much more moderate solutions uh, that, that I'd like to run by you. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if any of them get it done because, uh, you know, it's a fucking tough thing we're trying to solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes me feel better to talk out loud about it, to be honest. Yeah. Just because I've been, you know, I got to sit here and because I decided to do a segment on, hey, maybe it's not a bad idea if you have time to volunteer in a uh, neighborhood where nobody looks like you and just have to get, you know, a ton of emails like, dude, we get it. You're woke. You're you're better than everybody. Like, can we please yeah, but whatever. Just try you're not doing it for them, dude. Who the gives idea? a fuck about them? Well, I kind of am. Like, if more people that had the time. And I didn't necessarily even have the time. I kind of made the time to go do that. It's like, oh, look at this guy. Like, can we just actually engage without, like, I can't, I can't handle that, that, that term anymore. But All I it think- means is that I don't really want to be honest with you about why I don't want to be honest with myself. I think if you do that segment to an audience as large as the tickets, I think that one person is hearing you at least. And then you're making it so that one kid has a, a book read to him. Like, that's really fucking good, dude. Don't let the fact that there's a bunch of dipshits ruin that. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I some don't know of if these, you want uh, to save those or no, but we can, you can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I, I won't take a, a super long time. Um, so, just about everything I saw uh, thrown out as an idea, like just people were linking to like a lot of uh, research papers and such, white papers, and um, most of them or all of them, like just were like, "Hey, this seems to show something good, but it would be really helpful if they tried it in like five more police departments and ran." better quality studies about this sort of stuff. So I would say the first thing is it would be great if social scientists would focus more of their attention on this. Like the way that we've had a mobilization to like understand COVID-19 has been fucking awesome. And I don't really expect something of that scale, but I think that more attention paid to this after all of uh, what's been going on is like pretty much inevitable. And that's good. So that, that, that first of all, like just the people are studying it more and putting more effort into finding out what the solutions are. That's going to be great. Um, 
cities the 538 ran an article just saying like uh have have we done better with not killing people since ferguson the answer is no we have not done better uh but it's actually kind of interesting if you dive into the numbers large cities have done much better not like much but noticeable like i i think that uh as far as like just shootings not not killings by police but shootings by police in uh, they had stats that were reliable for 23 of the top 30 cities, the biggest cities in, in America. And uh, the average was uh, shootings were down 37% since uh, 2013. So that's really mm-hmm. fucking good. Um, the problem what is... What year was Ferguson? Uh, I think 2014. So they're, they're looking at, okay. you know, go from around when Ferguson started till now. You know, like, what was it like before Ferguson? What is it like now? Um, so... Uh, that's very good, but it's been uh, offset by a similar rise in rural and suburban police shootings and killings. And they're not super clear. Uh, they're not. They're not confident about what the causes are there. Um, one thing you would kind of guess at is that suicides are up there generally. So suicide by cop probably explains some of it. That you know, it's. it's Probably a bit tied into the opioid crisis. I, I would guess that that's that's a factor, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the other factors are. Um, but so the, the things that have been uh, the, the, like the, the common thread in those twenty three of the uh, biggest cities where things have gone down is just changing the use of force policy. Just the, your your official department policy that's drilled into the head of officers of when it's okay to shoot and when it's when you are absolutely required to just uh, have a de escalation thing or else you're going to be fired. Just change those policies to make it so they can't shoot as often. Um, Dallas did that after... uh, uh, Do you remember the case in 2012? We were on the air, I'm pretty sure, when it happened. Of, uh, Or I guess 2012, I would have been in the top 10, so I don't even know what I'm thinking of. Um, But the Dixon Circle, there was a... Police ran up on a drug house. Um, Guy ran out the back. Uh, he was, you know, running down the alleyway, uh, reached into his pocket, police shot him, turns out, didn't have anything in his pocket, didn't have a gun on him. Yeah, I do. I remember watching it on, it was like during the day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely during the day. And it was a situation yeah. where like, it did not end in riding, but like, there was a ton of people like in the streets surrounding the cops. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember, I actually do remember that. Yeah. So uh, after that. Dallas changed their uh, use of force policy and has resulted in a lot fewer shootings. Um, Another thing that they found in the 538 thing is just arresting fewer people. Like if you just have less times that a cop is like trying to put some heat on someone, then you're good. So, you know, this absolutely ties into being more lenient about drug crimes. If you if you decriminalize marijuana uh, and, you know, like I I saw a thing that uh, George Floyd spent 10 months in jail for having less than a gram of, of, I guess they just said drugs. Maybe it was something more serious. I, I thought it was weed, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but I I don't know less than a gram of anything, dude. That's Mm -hmm. just not much drugs. If you showed up to a party and told me you had less than a gram of something, I'm I'm fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to the next place. (laughs) Oh, look at the gram boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he spent 10 fucking months in jail for that. That is insane to me. Um, but yeah, so stopping doing things like that, uh, will make it like, if you're just hassling people less, you're going to shoot them less. Uh, and qualified immunity is a big one. 
the qualified immunity of just like you know whenever police shoot someone that uh they, they get a totally different set of rules than if you shoot someone um and you know watering that down or removing it entirely uh will, will make it so that they're going to shoot people less uh the civil rights division of the justice department if you put a lot of bunch of mon- uh, money more towards there that would uh do a lot it's a pretty underfunded department as it currently stands i don't know if it's ever been especially well funded but you know those are the people that if a cop uh you know does something wrong that they're going to be ones looking into it and uh you know that that's that's going to create some deterrence Big ups. That was uh, Andrew Yang's idea. So to our uh, our one listener who uh, <laughs> fervently loves Andrew Yang, I want to give proper credit. Um, there was a study showing that uh, I believe Chicago instituted something where it made it more difficult. I think you had to like pay a fee to file a police complaint, and that led to uh, much worse, or not much worse, but noticeably worse police behavior. So just make it super easy to file complaints. Um Police forces that look like their communities are much better than uh, or much less violent than ones that don't. I think it's a pretty simple one that everyone already knows about. But um, in in white areas or or in affluent areas, uh, white cops and black cops are about as equal or it's about equal their uh, likeliness to use violence. Whenever a black cops in a black neighborhood that stays the same, whenever white cops in a black neighborhood, they are much more likely to be violent. Um, so if you just have fewer white cops, that solves that problem a bit. Um, they found that it's a uh, uh, incidence of violence goes up considerably if uh, officer has one of his peers get injured in the uh, in the line of duty, and their suggested solution for that is just have better mental counseling that if, if that they obviously have problems for that. And I think you would look at that and find that to be a fairly predictable human reaction, but we do have tools to, to help that sort of thing. I, I don't know that you can ever like make it go away that someone's more scared to go into a dangerous job after they just saw the consequences of that play out in their friend's life. But you can definitely decrease the effect that we're currently seeing by uh, putting more resources into, uh, you know, counseling for officers who've had that sort of thing happen. Um, uh, they had an interesting finding that internal oversight does work better than external oversight. And that's definitely one where I would like to see a lot more studies uh, conducted. But basically that external oversight leads to a decrease in violence, but also leads to the very predictable cop thing of like, oh, you don't want us to police? Fine, we won't. And so you, you end up having more crime because they're just like sitting in their car being like, eh, take it, you know, fucking city yeah. council member told me I shouldn't do it. Uh, versus if you have uh, an internal discipline situation or an internal, you know, um, oversight mechanism, then you get the same reduce in force, but you don't have that same like, you know, oh, well, just won't do anything. Which, yeah. you know, that's it's a pretty chicken shit reaction. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, biggest thing that everyone should take away, I hope that everyone's taking this away anyways, is just vote in city council and DA elections. The the specific people who are involved in these decisions uh, matter a ton. <laughs> like, so, you know, I mean, like, the, the John Crusoe, whatever they arrested all the people on the Margaret Hunhill Bridge yesterday, uh, I'm sure that everyone followed that. Uh, you know, just the uh, protests that had gone absolutely peacefully the entire time, going where police told them. Uh, police blocked one lane, you know, one avenue to go down, and so they just went down the one that was open. Now they were on the bridge, and they were like, "Haha, fuckers, gotcha!" Now we're going to surround the bridge, and uh, then tried to arrest everyone on the bridge. The district attorney for Dallas uh, was like, "Yeah, not fucking charging them." 
Uh, so, you know, you, you, you can do whatever you want, but they're not getting, you know, um, whatever. So, uh, you know, he, he's great. Like John Cruzeau is, is a great DA. You know I mean? Like, I, I think that we had some small level of disagreement about whether or not it was good that he said he wasn't going to charge thefts under like what, $700, something like that. Uh, but I think that's awesome. Unqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't believe he got elected. Yeah, no, me, me too. I, I, I mean, I guess it's probably like a, a, a positive residue of the fact that no one pays attention to this shit. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I knew that, that he was great. Like, I was very excited for that race, um, you know, just because I, I did not think that a Republican was going to do especially well in uh, in Dallas. So that I, I thought that whoever got it was going to get it. And, you know, Philip was telling me stuff about this guy's record. And I was reading about the, the drug courts that he set up that seemed very humane. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say that he has followed through on the promise largely uh, that, that he is he's a guy that, that fucking he, he, treats humans with dignity. Um, and so, you know, stuff like that, there's, there's not a ton of people voting in those races. So if everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, uh, said, I'm definitely going to vote in the next DA race, like that would make a large impact in that race. So, you know, um, that, that, that kind of stuff, like having a different person in there would absolutely change everything. And just see, Anytime you watch this, like I've been very frustrated by a lot of the press conferences of public officials. I like Eric Johnson, especially does not seem to come close to identifying with the, uh, the problems that the protesters are trying to put forward. He's just like, you know, focused on all the looting and like, we've gone over our problems with focusing on that. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to like make it as specifically like Scott would have done great. I have no idea how Scott would have done. You know I mean? I, I, I like to think that he would have done great. Uh, I certainly believed in him on a, on a lot of levels, but you know, I've never seen him or anyone else in the city council handle something like this. Um, but uh, you know, that I, I would love to see much more, uh, many more elected officials who were more sympathetic towards what was going on. And also I think these crowds would be treated a lot better if they're fucking, mayors and council people and representatives and senators were in the crowds with them. I think that would make a yeah. huge fucking difference. So, you know, get out there and vote for the kind of people who do shit like that. Damn dude. You had some knowledge there. I hadn't thought about like half those things. The only one I had thought about was, uh, you know, reflect the community more in your policing. But did you post, you said you post this, did, did this all come from one article? No. I'd love to read some of these linked studies, but I guess you just kind of... Uh, probably like half those I saw an academic uh, who was putting up a bunch of papers. I will send you that and I will retweet that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have a uh, Patreon episode this weekend, a live stream Thursday night at 8, so we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you out there. Thanks, man. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.